here we go. Okay. We're going. All right. Hey, hey, folks. What's up? Welcome to another edition of a powwow with pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, it's been five years now since the show's been on. Uh, luckily today, after a couple weeks of going through the fun stuff that I've been talking about, divorce and all those kind of things, I've been lucky enough to uh, catch up with an old friend who, uh, who used to live here in Gainesville. And uh, he uh, grew up, became an adult, got got married, had, you know, doing all the fun stuff that he's doing, you know. And uh, today I am lucky enough and uh, excited to speak with uh, Tony DePablo. How are you doing Hello. today, sir? What's up? Dude, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. This is, uh, God, you kind of set this precedence for me, Dora. Like, I, I'm now a grown-up. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I, I feel like I have to be a little bit more cultured now while I'm talking on the show. No, no, not on this show. Come on, it's my show. There's no culture here whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dumb, just, just a, trying to live up to expectations. Right, just a dumb redneck from Florida. That's all. Uh, <laughs> well, well, shoot. For those, I mean, I, there's a, there's, there's, of course, you know, got a good listenership here in Gainesville. So there, of course, a lot of people are going to know who I'm talking about, and the, you know, the mm-hmm. bands that are brought up. But you know, this is for all the people out there that um, I've been lucky enough to gain uh, listenerships, you know, in other countries and stuff like that, and all around the world and this is kind of like one of those things where I get to introduce someone that I knew who was an avid musician from the moment I met them uh, uh, until still now today and you were a wee little lad when I met you you were still much, <laughs> still much taller than me but a wee little lad at that and uh, and thank you for doing this for me today I appreciate you uh, coming on man Oh, dude, no problem. No problem at all. This is, uh, you know, anytime I get to hang out with uh, with an old friend, even though it is over the phone, you know what I mean? And we're really far away, but it's yeah. like, you know, uh, so any chance I get to do that and, and talk about, you know, the place that uh, that I that kind of helped make me uh, who I am and, and, you know, and it still holds a very near and dear place in my heart is, uh, is always a good day. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I'm very, and I'm honored to be on the show. So oh, thank wow, you very awesome. much for having me. Thanks, man. Um, I just, well, then uh, what I want to do is I kind of want to do a, we'll start with, like, before I met you, before you moved to Gainesville. Like, where did you, uh, where were you born? I was born in Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington, Um, Delaware, okay. Yeah, Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, we lived there until I was about, like, 11, I think. Um, And the winters in Delaware are pretty gnarly. Um, You don't see the sun for a while and stuff, so my mom... Uh, couldn't really hang with that, and so uh, she wanted to to get out of there and go someplace uh, that was the opposite of that. So we ended up down in Naples, Florida. Okay, Naples. So shoot, that's not too far from where Sarasota, where I grew up. That's kind of pretty close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're about an hour south of you guys. Yeah. So uh, growing up in Naples, like, what was um, what was your first? I did, well, let me get start with like, was your family of uh, um artistic were they music did you grow up around music in the household was that something that was like pushed or something that was just always around or what what got you into music at a young age well i it it wasn't really it it was in the house we listened to music you know but like my mom and dad both played upright bass in um in high school and stuff like that so that's kind of weird that i that was the instrument that i gravitated towards 
Um, but there's like, there wasn't a base in the house though, which was kind of weird, but like, you know, uh, uh, my parents split up when I was young. Um, but I remember like, it was, it was just me and my mom, but she was always listening to stuff like, um, like Fleetwood Mac, uh, and Elton John, uh, and Eagles and stuff like that. And so like, we always had music going on in the house. Um, and so I'd listen to my records and stuff like that, that I had, you know, I had a couple like Michael Jackson records and, uh, uh, when I was really young, like a bunch of kids that I grew up in the neighborhood with, uh, TV show was on. Yeah. And so we would all pretend like we were, you know, like playing in the monkeys and stuff like that. And we listen <laughs> to those records and kind of bounce around and act like idiots. And so yeah. that was definitely proto-punk right there. You know? <laughs> no, for sure. So, um, what was, um, when did you start leaning into becoming a musician? Like, what was it like in the middle school? Like you're hanging out with skateboarders and surfers or metalheads and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure you had those kind of crews like we did in Sarasota. Like you had your skaters, your surfers, your, you know, you had your different little, you know, like groups of people. Yeah. What, what, which, what was your group you gravitated towards? Like, what was your gang like, your gang of friends at the time? It was, de- it was definitely skateboarding. It was definitely skateboarding 100%. We, um, I was just, like, just getting involved in skating when we moved away from Delaware. And so come down to Florida and, and you know, it was like, all right, well, now I can skate all year round, which is fantastic. And, you know, start kind of hanging out with those guys. And of course, along with skateboarding, um, comes like Thrasher magazine and trans world and, you know, trans world skateboarding. And there's all these bands in there that I've never heard of. And so I, you know, I, I start seeing all this stuff. And, uh, strangely enough, I, I kind of overshot punk rock, uh, kind of quick. And I, and I ended up writing metal, you know, um, when I was a kid coming up, it was the eighties sunset strip stuff. So I turned on MTV and it was, you know, Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and yep. stuff like that. And I remember Guns N' Roses being kind of like the intro to to music being dangerous. You know what I yep. mean? Like I'd nope. I turn on the TV that. and those guys were always drunk and tattooed up and they always smoked and everything. I was like, that looks awesome. I want to do that. You know, yeah. they don't, <laughs> so, they seem like they don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then I, you know, I just finished, actually, I just read a book on them the other day and I was like, wow, they really didn't give a fuck about anything no. or anybody. It was, it was kind of uh kind of refreshing in a weird it sort of like way. It seems like that's but, how those type of bands usually make it though. You know, they like, they know. Yeah, right. Because it, it was just them against the world. Yeah. You know? it, that's the um, punk rock shit. So that's like, like, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But, uh, started with those guys and then eventually like, you know, uh, Metallica comes into the fray and then right. Slayer and, you know, then you get into all the thrash stuff. Um, and so like, it was kind of weird. All my skateboarder friends were, were into bands that I'd never heard of, but you know, I was always listening to, to that stuff, yeah. you know, and it wasn't until a little bit later on, like in eighth grade, when a friend of mine gave me a, a cassette and on one side of it had, um, uh, Bad Religions Against the Grain, and the other side was Minor Threat, like that complete discography thing. Yeah. And that just, that kicked the door down. That that blew my mind. Okay. And so how long, so did you go, did you go uh, to school all the way through high school down in, down in Naples? Uh, for the most part, yeah. We did the, uh, we did the, the ultra sucky thing where like I lived there up until senior year, and that was when my mom decided to go uh, back to school and uh, she was going for a degree in pharmacy and uh, she had to finish that up at the University of Florida and so that's how I ended up in Gainesville. Oh, wow, okay. So like your senior year of high school, you, 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 you start, you just come right up here and then you're introduced. So what year was that? 
Uh, tail end of 96. Okay. So 96, 97. So yeah. you, you were, what, eight? How old were you when you graduated? Like 17, 18? 17. 17. Yeah. So you were. So, Gainesville. yeah, like we, we moved up and, and that was like, you know, uh, it, 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 it was such a weird thing, like to move here or to move here, to move to Gainesville, like in that period of time. You know what I mean? Because it was like, I knew nobody. It was my senior year. I was trying to figure shit out and trying to figure my life out, you know, already. <laughs> and no, like, right. You know, I, I, I show up in this town and I just kind of look around and I just remember thinking that I was like, yes, dude, this is my speed. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. These are the weird motherfuckers I was looking for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, I was definitely one of like a handful of people in Naples that was into the shit that I was into, you yeah. know, so it was kind of a smaller pool down there. Totally. So when you moved here, what what was your... Uh... So you were already playing bass, I'm guessing. Did you already have a bass at that time, or did you? No, I didn't. I uh, I moved to Gainesville, and, um, you know, I, I was still, like, 100% into skating. And so that, like, Gainesville was, uh, you know, it, it, everything was bigger in right. Gainesville. So I was skating bigger and, like, you know, better, and I was getting better and stuff like that. And um, I ended up actually snapping a bone in my foot. Uh, January of uh, like that winter after I moved here and so I had a little bit of money saved up and I'd always wanted to buy a base and so my mom said like she's like all right well whatever you throw into the pot I'll match it so I brought 150 bucks to the table and she did the same and we went down to I don't know if you remember this place but University Music when it was right there on the corner of 6th and University yes I do uh, which is now some like a luxury townhouse condo fuck thing yes unfortunately <laughs> but but yeah yeah right but like we wandered in there and i bought a little i bought a washburn bass and uh, oh, a shit. little amplifier and believe it or not as i'm talking to you that washburn bass is actually still hanging on the wall nice yeah i'm looking at it right now <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the beginning man that was the beginning i i took that thing home and like i did a couple of lessons and the guy you know wasn't really into what I was into, you know, he's like, what do you want to play? And I was like, I want to play crazy berserker, like, you know, yeah, metal and hardcore stuff. And so I gave him like a tape that had like morbid and oh, shit. put that on it. And he, he was like, all right, okay, cool. Let's listen. Like, uh, this is pretty fucking weak, man. You know, yeah. I gave it a shot and figured I could maybe learn something through him. And it was like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm over this. And so I took it home and I started like at the beginning yeah. Oh, you there? That you know stuff that was super duper easy to play, but it's like, oh, this really is exceptional. Yeah. You're breaking out about you're breaking out on me a little bit there. Oh, okay. Can you can you hear me better now? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So, so you, you know, get you get the Washburn like, bass. You're you're you get Universe Music. The guys not of course which is usually the case from everybody i've talked to anytime they go to you know start playing music and they get this guy to teach him a lesson you're like so what do you want to play and then you tell them and then they just teach you what they listen to <laughs> yeah exactly exactly he's like hey man check out this band fish you know i'm <laughs> yeah. like yeah cool and no i'm good so you know but what was the first band the first band, okay, so the first band that I ever, that actually played out and ever did anything, um, I was in a band in high school called Ike, I-K-E, okay. and uh, 
they were a pre-existing band they'd already gotten going but they actually walked into university music while i was taking a lesson and they were like dude you play bass and their bass player actually was a guitar player so he wanted to swat swip you know like go over to to playing guitar again so um i kind of hopped in with those guys and i was learning i was playing with them but i never actually played bass with them i the first gig i ever played with a band was i sang for that band um our singer was a senior uh and like he um he had grad night like down in uh orlando or some shit so he couldn't make it to this gig they had booked so i ended up singing for him on stage at gainesville high <laughs> he he wasn't really interested in the band if he went to grad night instead of fucking played a punk show <laughs> exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. so not... but yeah that was the first time i ever like stepped on stage with a band to play all right so like so you're you're in Gainesville. You're you're getting into the music scene. Uh, what what was your first um, experience? Was it the Hardback, the Cover Dish? Like, what was the first club that you went into? And we're like, you oh, saw man. a band, and you're like, oh shit, this is this is what I want to do. This is this you know what was it that caught you and what grabbed you and kind of pulled you into the uh, the music scene in Gainesville so strongly. It was it was the covered dish, man. That was that was my first taste of it. We've been here. Uh, we've been in Gainesville a week, and there was a skate park behind Brick City Music Hall, and I used to go there every day. Yep. And um, so you remember the spot? Yeah. And um, they uh, there was flyers back then. You could uh, like there's like all these kiosks around town now. These like little you know pagoda things, and everybody yep, yep. staples their flyers to that. But back in those days, man, like everyone used to just take masking tape and stick them onto the light posts. Right. And um, I was seeing flyers for all these shows and that was like blowing my mind because in Naples we'd have a show like twice a year, you yeah. know, and up here it's like, Oh shit, there's one, like there's five shows tomorrow night. Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> this is crazy. Right. And so I saw a flyer for less than Jake and I remembered them, okay. you know, like if you're, if you were a Florida kid coming up, you know, you saw that name everywhere, yep, yep. everywhere. And so I was, fucking blown away i was like oh my god you know they're playing and i it didn't even occur to me that they were from gainesville you know what i mean like no, I, I, I was just you. stoked that they were playing so i went to school kids records oh shit uh i spent i spent five bucks uh and bought a ticket and i went and saw them and it was uh a band called the superflies opened up uh and then it was pung and Left oh, and shout out to the marburgs Marburg, Johnny and Jimmy, <laughs> love you right. boys. Um, but uh, that was fucking mind blowing because, like, I walked in. I'd never been to a club before. I'd never been to a venue. All our shows down in South Florida were all in like, you know, garages and like churches. And you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. So, so I mean, I walk in the dish and I'm like, holy fuck, this is like, this is a place. This is a venue. You yeah. know, like I've never been to one of these before. I, I don't. Okay, so I just kind of hung back for a while because I didn't know what to do. I was alone. Yeah, you know, I'd only lived in town for like six or seven days. You know, and I'm already going to the show, and so, you know, like I go in and and watch the bands, and I watch Punk, and it was like, what the fuck? That was crazy. That was awesome. You know, and then Leslie Jake comes out and plays, and that was like the first time I'd ever been in like a real crowd. Right. You know, like that was the first time I'd ever you know been part of a crowd, been you know crowd surfed and. Get that stage dove and kick me in the fucking face and all that kind of good stuff, you know. So and and, and and like it's so weird to even say that, but it's like immediately it's like, oh shit, I just got kicked in the face. I want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened. Pretty much. <laughs> That's funny. 
So, Less Than Jake, that's funny because Less Than Jake was the first show I saw in Gainesville coming up was to visit really? before I moved here. I saw him at the Orange and Brew, and I got I got kicked out, almost kicked out because I got in a fight, of course. You know, just <laughs> I was an idiot back then. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, <clears throat> when I, so you, you start playing, you see Less Than Jake, um, what when in uh, covered dish was the place where you saw him but when were you introduced to the hardback and that whole the that super weirdo scene where like all the bands like tired tired from now on and all those guys oh, when did you yes. get when were you introduced to that danarchy you know when were you into that interest introduced to that wonderful world it wasn't until a little bit later when i when i was first coming up so like like i was uh, you know, like, like I, I was new, I was new and I was green, you know what I mean? So yeah. going to the dish was in my mind safe, you right. know, I, I, I could go there and, and people were cool and, and, you know, nobody, nobody fucked with me. I didn't know. And cause like, I was still kind of meeting people and kind of figuring shit out, you know what I mean? So like, I would kind of almost go there exclusively. There was a couple other joints that I would go to, but, um, it wasn't until Matt Drew actually took, um, the hardback over that I ended up down there. Okay. Um, and at that point I was playing in like, uh, um, a screamo emo band in town called struggle uh very uh, innovative name very original um <laughs> you know but and man we was kids. it a I mean, struggle I was the oldest guy in the band <laughs> and i was 17 so oh shit um yeah right or no excuse me 18 i was 18 then but uh, uh anyway kid, regardless yeah. um we uh we we played a show at the cmc when that place civic media center when that place was on university um, yep. And our show was all ages, and so it got done before the show at the hardback that night even started. And so we got done, we loaded up all of our stuff, and then we all went down there. And it was um, this two man skate grind band called No Comply from Miami. Oh shit! Um, you remember them? Yeah, the the name Those I guys, do for sure. Like that just you just shot me back to a, <laughs> a long time ago. But yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> but those, it was those guys and uh, Asshole Parade headlined. Um, and so we went down there and paid like the four bucks or whatever it was to get in. And I just remember like looking around and being like, oh my fucking God, like what is what is this? You know, like I, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm super green. So like the first show that I go to was like a crusty grind show, yeah. you know, <laughs> and there's all the crusty grind kids there doing what crusty grind kids do, you yeah. know. And, and so like that was another mind opener, you know, or eye opener because like I got the shit kicked out of me that night, like in the best way possible. Like nobody beat me up, but like I got into the mix when the band started playing and, you know, getting an elbow to the face and rando people are picking me up and being like, get back out there, you little fucker. You know, and, and right. it's just like, oh, Oh my god you know and, and so like like that was that was a fucking whirlwind man like i i remember it but i don't that was <laughs> you know, danarchy throwing re- you back in there just so you know like that was <laughs> yeah 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 because i mean like jesus dude like how many times did we go out there and just like get walloped just because we were watching the show yeah you know exactly no for sure so like so you get into the hardback so you so i'm guessing you were there the last hot water music show in 98 yeah the live at the hardback night yes yes i was and that was what a fucking what a crazy night that was i remember the doors didn't open until like 10 i yep, think you're right and i thought i was being a wise guy and i got down there about like eight o'clock and i figured i'd just hang out you know that people would be down there and i just get going but like 
there was a line around the Hippodrome Theater I to get that. in. Yeah. And, and I remember being like, oh my God. And at that point, I was playing in that band Standing Tall, and we played at the Hardback a bunch of times. And so I kind of started to like get in like with some of those folks. I remember, you know, like, like being, you know, like, like I was probably just like annoying little punk kid that hung out and just bothered people. But, right. you know, I was down there a lot and I was, it was starting to feel, it was definitely like a home kind of a vibe. It was like, what, this is, this is where I need to be. This is where I'm at. Well, just so um, you know, that's what everybody else that was there, they were all thinking the same thing that you were thinking. <laughs> you yeah, you're right. I mean? They're like, God, I'm just this annoying fucker that everybody just like exactly. tolerates if that, you know? No, I mean, like, like um, everybody had that, I think, that's the funny thing about Gainesville, and I explain that to a lot of people. It's like this town attracts those people that are just like, "Oh shit, well, who do I belong to? Am I that? Am I this kind of weirdo? Am I that kind of weirdo?" Like, and like in Gainesville, and even the hardback included in that idea is that it was a it was a weirdo community from top to bottom. Like it 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 it, it, it took in everything musically and expulsioned everything you know, all in, all together. Like it was like a family affair, you know, like it was a, it was like every hundred percent, man. It, inclusive. It was, it was like the, it was like the best like punk rock halfway house. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, they, it didn't give a shit. Like no, nobody, nobody down there cared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they cared about you, but they didn't care like what your baggage was. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, Nobody cared if you were like a fuck up. Nobody cared if you, you know, made forty grand a year and kind of hit it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just like it, it didn't matter if you were there because you enjoyed the bands that were playing and because you were part of what was happening. Then it was then you were welcome. You right. know, um, and if you went down there and acted like a like a dipshit, you know, and, and like and not in the the like oh ha ha it's punk kind of way, but yeah. like if you were acting like a fucking idiot and and like like threatening anything that would have happened down there, then that's when that's when you got booted, yeah. you know? Right, right. So you, you so, named a second. But, but I, I was there. I, yeah. like, I'll tie that up right real no, quick. Dude, I, like, I, learned, I learned a huge lesson that night. This was crazy. So I, I was in the, the end of the line. I walked in. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm not going to get in. And like, and it, it broke my heart, man, because I was standing there. I was like, I looked up to Hot Water so much when I was younger. I really, really looked up to those guys. Um, and I really wanted to be there. They were like one of my favorite bands. And so I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, I'm going to have to watch through the fucking window like a, like a loser, you know? What I mean? right. Like, And um, Travis from Asshole Parade was walking up and down the line and he saw me. He's like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm here to see the show. I'm, I'm in line. And he's like, no, no. And he grabbed me. <laughs> Get the fuck in me here. Up to the, yeah, right? He grabbed me, walked me up to the front of the line. And, like, I don't even remember who was working the door, but he was, get in. You know? Yeah. And it was like, I just kind of looked at him and was like, holy shit, man. Like, one of these guys is saying that I get in. Right. You know? Totally. And so, he, and, and, and he mm-hmm. was he was like, you know, you're fucking, your ID says Gainesville, Florida on it. You're getting in this motherfucker. I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and so I got in. I got yeah. in. I got to see the whole show. It was and, fantastic. And you're part, and you are a part of what, but I don't think most people, real listeners and a lot of people who've toured with Hot Water Music and everybody's ever seen them does understand that show and that night and that album. But people, you know, really don't get it unless you were really there and you saw it happen. Like it was 
it was a it was a I think a turning point for Gainesville music when they did that show, and then when they came uh-huh. back in and they told everybody that they were going to stay together, there was such a lift of pressure in the air. I remember feeling it because it was supposed to be the mm-hmm. breakup. It was supposed to be the last show, and then they come yeah. in there and they're like. Guys, we're staying together, and that feeling because people came from Europe to see that shit. If you don't remember, like fuck were, yeah, man, like, yeah, people, dude, there was kids from Germany and yeah. Japan and all over the place. It was kind of crazy. And Hot Water had really only been playing for a little less than five years at that time, if that. Yeah. So it's like people don't yeah, realize that, that was ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you could feel the pressure lift, and then something changed musically in, in town. I felt, I felt that Gainesville started producing more different types of music with bands, even more, mm-hmm. you know, not just punk or grindcore, but, and not just trying to be super weird, but like it a lot, it, it, it even opened up that kind of like ability for like, you know, kids that listen to hardcore metal to start kind of tinkering around with metal and hardcore in Gainesville, but with the Gainesville twist, I guess I would say. Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. I mean, like that. I, it's funny when you were just talking about that. Like, I, I got goosebumps all over my body because that was like that. Like, what a night that was. God, that was so. I felt so full after that happened. You know what yes. I mean? Like, like I, I just remember thinking that, like, okay, this is going to be a night, and it's going to end, and it's going to suck, and we're all going to be sad. And then it the opposite happened. They said they were going to keep it together. They decided to keep going, and we all left happy. We all left very happy you know um and i think the fact that they made a record in that building because that room sounded like shit dude like that was a shitty room that was a fart bag you know as far as like (laughs) like sonically and they recorded that fucking thing in there and it's like you get the vibe of the night off that record like i can smell it when i listen to that thing you can feel it it. i I, I feel like grimy after i listened to it because i remember how fucking gross it was there that night but like it was nuts it was so funny because they made a record in that building where we all did the same shit yep. you know like i saw you play in there a bunch of times yep. i played in there a bunch of times yep. like all of our friends played in there a bunch of times and these guys made this made a fucking like like a a, a, a moment in time record in that building yeah and the, and and you know what i mean and i don't think there's another there isn't any other band that ever recorded live in that building there was, a, I've got a cassette Uh-oh. tape somewhere that I bought at Hide and Zeke a million years ago called Hardback Live, and it was like a four-track recording that a bunch of bands did in there, but it was like like a, a whole day-long show. But I mean, like as far as like an actual record goes, yeah. no, you're right, that, 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 that's it, that's Look, it. I mean, I mean yeah, like that, that, and plus it, like you said, even though the building was fucked and it was slam-packed with people, somehow sonically, it still gave the record a... Uh, it's almost like listening to old old Richard Pryor fucking comedy album. You're like you're in the fucking room, you know. Like you're in the room. Dude. You're in the room, yeah. and you're and like you said, you're feeling it, you're smelling it, you're, you're seeing it. And especially, I could you know I could talk to all my friends. Like if you open that, you know, if you look at the album cover, you could point out thirty or forty of your friends in the fucking picture. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's that, like, like, and that's the best part. Like, I open it up, and it's like, holy shit, there's Zuli, and you know, oh my god, there's Travis and PJ, and, and like, there's all these people, and there's 
Steve Heritage back behind the board doing what he does, you know, and it, it's like there's all these these folks that we kind of came up with, you know, on, like on the inside of that thing, yeah. um, having a good time. And, and so it's it just like, it, it's so funny. I hardly ever look at it anymore, you know, because it's, it's hanging on my shelf here. But, you know, like I remember going through that at one point and being like, oh, my God, like what are these pictures going to be like, you know, because yeah. it was <laughs> so fucking crazy that night. And like, how can anybody even get a shot in there? And the ones they did were perfect. Yeah, they were great. So what was uh, so what were the total number of bands that you played in while you were in Gainesville? Oh my God! All and right, how here many we go. Records so did, how many records Mike. did you write? How many records? Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do the bands first, and then we'll go through the records. So yeah. I was in Ike, Struggle, Standing Tall, uh, Watership Down, yep. Kumite, Kumite. Um, uh, the Hold, yep. Luca Brasi, <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, and I was I, like, and those are the ones that I played shows with. Right now, I, I was in a kind of like, oh, and uh, uh, I did a Maiden cover band with okay. a bunch of people, um, and then uh, oh god, what was that band that it was me and Macarelli and um, DJ uh, and the and oh fuck that uh, JC for it was a uh, uh, I had a Blue Point. That was that was the last thing that I did. We we were a band for like a month. Okay, so so <laughs> ten, right before I moved. So that's so that's. Uh, but we played shows. We played shows. That's ten bands. Yep, that was ten. So okay. and then I I did a brief stint in Cositas for a little while. They asked me to play with them, right? And I did. Uh, like I practiced with them. I learned their whole set. But then like I was swamped. I was way too busy, and so I, I bailed on that. But right. I was I was with them for a month, but I never played a show with them. Okay. So ten bands. How many records did you end up recording while being here? Oh my God! Um, two Standing Tall records, um, two Kumite records, two Watership Down records. Jesus. Three hold recordings. Fuck. Uh, and two Luca Brasi records. No so shit. So I lost count. Was that like eleven? Yeah. So ten bands, eleven records. Uh, were they all recorded with Rob or Rob and other people? No, some of them were. So the first Standing Tall record we did out at Sound Refinery, um, which was like up in North Gainesville, like off yeah, yeah. of uh, like four forty one, like yeah, back yeah. in the industrial park. Um, the second one we did at Rob McGregor's place, and actually a lot of that stuff we did. Andy, our drummer, had a house right behind Publix on Second. Um, like second and thirty fourth. Yeah. Um, it's not there anymore. Now it's like a retention pond. But um, <laughs> we uh, like as that well was our that was our band be. house. And actually, we did uh, we did recordings there. We did home recordings at that place because he had like he had a bunch of money for some reason. I can't remember why, but like I think his family was rich. But they uh, he had like computer based recording like in the late nineties when it was like fucking brand new. So oh, he geez. spent like a grip of cash doing right. this. And we would go out. We found the best spot actually to cut vocals was in the carport outside because nice. it was all concrete. Right. And uh, I remember going out there and like screaming my head off uh, at like two in the morning when Publix was getting a delivery on the other side of the wall. <laughs> and I could see those guys looking over there and being like, what the shit? Like, what's going on over there? And I'm Who's fucking yelling murdered? my head off about whatever it was. <laughs> but so that was kind of cool. But we uh, we did recordings there. Uh, that's DIY as shit right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> we did... Uh, um, we recorded, uh, let's see, the second Standing Tall record at Rob's. Um, 
we did the first Watership Down record at Rob's. Actually, both Watership Down recordings were done there. Uh, Luca Brasi did all our stuff. Uh, Caleb did it all, our, our, our guitar player, Caleb Mason. Yeah. And um, and then, like, the Kumite stuff and the Hold stuff was all done out at um, uh, the Rec Room. Okay. Where was your favorite? What do you, after, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think was your your favorite place to record did you like doing more of the diy field did you like rob's like what was what was the thing because like some people have different flavors on where they want where they record you know like you you know sure sure i mean like working with rob was always really cool because he like he let a band just kind of be you know like he didn't really try to change much he was like okay like we play a song and it was a shitty take and he'd just kind of look over at us and be like, is that what you guys are going for? And that was code for like, you should probably do it again, you know? <laughs> that's, why, that's why I actually, I, um, I seriously want to do a YouTube channel of him, like a TV show of him as a, like, you know, a music recorder, you know, and then him just saying sarcastic remarks to the band, you know, <laughs> like, really, that's what you guys are doing? You know, like, I think to me that would be hilarious because yeah. he was, he was, he yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just it just caught me funny because no, I, it, it, I heard okay. him say that a billion okay. times. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he was always so dry, and I mean, like, and that was what was cool because I mean, we were kids and we were still trying to figure it out. I mean, like, I was I was barely 20 when we went and recorded there for the first time. But like, the thing that I liked about that was like the history of going in there, and so like, you know, it, it like like being involved with this. If you decide to be like involved with a scene or with punk or with metal or with anything um you have to know where it came from you have to know what came before you um in order to to move forward right Right. you know at least that's i think so um so i was always really intrigued by the bands that came before us um and the bands that you know had had recorded in this place because i mean like you couldn't open a record around that time period and not see recorded at golden zone by rob mcgregor you know you just like like or turd if you were early enough you know um so we walk in there and I see all the ADAT tapes up there and it's like one ADAT tape had like Section 8, Asshole Parade, Palatka, you know, and mm-hmm. Pong on it. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God, dude. And like the next one had like Hot Water Music and Tire From Now On and 12 Hour Turn and all this shit. It was just like, Jesus, jumped up fucking Christ. Like every band that I grew up with, like since I moved to that town, and looked up to like all the no idea stuff was recorded over there, right. you know? And so it was like, wow. So we're in very good company. So, I mean, like the same mics that made those records that I listened to, you know, and that same board, and that same ADAT are now making my record. You right. know what I mean? It's like, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was, it was vibey. It was vibey, uh, which I really liked. Um, I didn't like that. I could hear his neighbors starting their lawnmower, you right. know, while I had my headphones on to do a vocal take. It was like, uh, for real? Are we going with this? Is this what we're doing? Yeah, it was like, like if I could hear that, i like, all right, whatever. Um, You're like, Rob, I think that's on your really, end, bro. Yeah, we <laughs> might want to do some editing here later on, yeah. Um, but the, 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 like, going out to Rec Room was cool because that was, like, that was my first introduction to a studio, yeah. like a real studio. We walked studio. in and there's like gold and platinum records on the wall and like, you know, Grammys and shit. And it's like, Oh, so we're doing this out here, 
you know, so when I walk in, when I bring Kumite out there, it's like we're all acting like idiots, and it's kind of like, oh, my God, how's this going to go? You know, but it went exceptionally well, um, you know, and, and it's like we made – I made friendships out of that place that have lasted forever. Like I, I awesome. you know, I talked to Darren just the other day, wow, you know, that's cool. um, and I still talk to Ronnie and stuff like that who recorded out there. So it's like, you know, I, I'm, you know, almost what, like 20 years later, something yeah. like that, you know, 15 years later, I still talk to these people. And so it's like that, that I knew who Darren was for years, but I never really became friends with him until we started recording out there. And it was like, Oh, okay. This guy's cool. Right. So, uh, out of the years that that you were in Gainesville and out of the ten bands, what would what would you uh, say was your favorite period in band that that kind of captured you the most as a musician and an artist? Wow, man, that's you're asking me to pick between my kids. Um, you know, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta say one's taking the short bus and the other one's getting the Cadillac. You know, like right. I, yeah, <laughs> standing tall always holds a really, really special place in my mind because that band, like somebody, like en- enough people believed in it that we were able to do stuff. Um, we did a, a headliner one night at the Hardback. We got Matt and Drew gave us a Friday night and we were the headlining act. And I was like, oh, cool, we'll play to 20 people. Well, apparently there was nothing else going on in town because there was like 150 people there. Um, and they were there to see us, which blew my mind. And then uh, of those people, five of them were as friends for us. And those guys stood behind us, which, as you know, at that point in time, if you stood behind the band while they were playing, that was a definite show of respect. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, okay, so these guys uh, who are older than us are, are doing are digging it. And so they took our record overseas and ended up getting us signed up with Jeanette Records, you know. So And then we were able to tour based off of that. So it was like, oh, okay, so that's, that's huge. Um, that holds a really special place. That band got to play the hardback, so that makes me happy. Um, but like the one that that really stands out to me uh, out of all of them was Kumite, um, okay. for a multitude of reasons. I mean, like first and foremost, I didn't know how to play guitar until I started playing in that band, oh, you know. Shit. And like I, I learned how to play guitar on the fly in that band. God damn, dude, that's much respect. Which is fucked up, right? That, that... <laughs> no, that's just so, that's that's, really, that's crazy. I know, like, so Billy was, I mean, I was, I was playing bass at that point, but, like, Billy was a really pe- good hold guitar on, player. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. What? So, if you people don't understand that Tony's kind of a large man and has big hands. So, to go from a bass to a guitar, <laughs> that couldn't have been easy. So, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely a learning curve. But, I mean, like, but I figured it out, you know, but it was, like, Billy was a, a, a really good guitar player, he is a good guitar player, um, and, uh, you know, he kind of took the reins and started writing stuff, and, and I jumped in, and, and I was playing it, and he's like, you're not playing it right. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm playing exactly the same riff you are. And he's like, yeah, but you're playing it with downstrokes. Like, the, 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 the accent is on the up. And so he was, like, teaching me how to play guitar in, like, in real time oh, wow. at the practice space, you know. And he didn't, he didn't really know it. He was like, he knew that I was kind of struggling, but he bared with me, and everyone else in the band bared with me. And eventually I started bringing riffs to the table and, you know, kind of settled in. And fortunately I was working at Sims at that point, Sims Music. And, yeah. um, you know, I had a lot of downtime, so I was able to, to like, work on shit on the job, you know. Nice. Uh, but, like, I learned how to play guitar in that band, so that's really, um, uh, that was kind of a big deal for me. Uh, but the, the one thing that Kumite did that none of the others ever did was um, 
we did a uh, we did a sold out night over at uh, the old common grounds, right? Which made me real happy. We uh, we built it with Escape Grace. Um, there was some weird beef that happened in town, and I don't even remember what it. But it turned out that like the two bands were friends. Kumite and Escape Grace were friends, but like people in the Escape Grace camp were not friends with people in the Kumite camp, and I don't even remember why. But it was dumb. Huh. And then of course it was billed as. Kumite versus Escape Grace, like the the flyer was two boxing gloves. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I was like, "Fuck no! Oh my god, this is going to be awful." And you guys so, are promoting like, violence, <laughs> right? It was like, okay, so cool. We're not going to play tonight. It's just going to be haymakers, um, <laughs> you know. But we, I I get to the show and there's like this, the the flyer is on the door and there's a sign across it that said sold out, you know? Yeah. And uh, and, and I, I was like, whoa, like that's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know? So it, it's like, like that's a feat that I've never, uh, I, like, I've still to this day have never accomplished. No, no. The, know? the old I'm, common grounds is a really good place for a lot of bands that were like you guys. I think, uh, that old common grounds was good to a lot of bands. Like any, like when I was in the get down or someday soon, like that, that was those, you know, like those were the, our best shows. Like, that was 100. I think our only sold out show in the Get Down was at the old Common Grounds, and like for some reason, like of course, like most of the time, we didn't think anyone would show up. But then it starts, and the fucking room's packed, and we we're all looking at each other like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are these people here? They've listened to the music before. What the fuck?" But no, Kuma, yeah, right. no, that's amazing. Like that is a you're right. You're the, that is a that's a feeling that you can't replace because you, as a musician, I w- it, it always seems like you, you know like most people don't understand. And the reason for the show is just kind of share the idea that, like it's a lot of fucking passionate, in depth, heartful work, and it's and it takes and it's you're you're bearing your soul to its utmost that a person could bear their soul as an artist. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I couldn't agree more. And and the thing that, the kind of badge of honor that I sort of take away from that is like, okay, so, you know, I mean, and like in, in the scheme of things, as far as like musicians go, I mean, obviously everybody's conquests and achievements and stuff like that are, are unique to them. Right. Um, but I mean, it's like, so in, in the scheme of things, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So we sold out like, 150 capacity room ooh big fucking deal you know what I mean yeah. but like at the end of the day though when you stop and think about it in like what was that 2002 2003 yeah Gainesville was not known for its metal bands no not at all not at all like, like that was and so that was the thing that, that kind of kicked it into overdrive for me because I looked out and was like this was the period of time where like Against Me was putting out their first couple records right. and Gunmole was doing their records Army of Punch um, you know like those kind of bands were, were the ones sort of you know flying the flag for that sort of stuff and so it, it's like the you know for up. us to come up and, and like <laughs> play a gig like that and, and pack it out you know what I mean and yeah. it, it's like okay that's bizarre I mean like it wasn't like, I think like Red Roses for a Blue Lady used to pack them in before Holy that, shit. like before us, and stuff I remember like they that. did the so, Atlantic, but, and they fucking closed it out, and they kept blowing the fucking transformer because they were too loud. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they had to. Well, that had, was when they played the old down low, and that place was a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah, 
That they they couldn't get through a song without the fucker someone have to be like, all right, change the fuse. Yeah, look this shit up on YouTube, kids. It's history. You'll learn a lot. It's out there. You'd be surprised. A lot of these videos are out there still. So they are. They are. You just got to dig deep for them. You got to dig deep. So Kumite Kumite was the one that had the what the I would have to say probably. I'm just gonna kind of see word see if I could word it quickly. Had the the uh, the strongest artistic uh, Gainesville. Uh, camaraderie, band camaraderie, everything kind of just happening right feel to it out of all the other bands that you played in in Gainesville? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, like, uh, the, the the hold was a lot of fun, and, and it was that was playing with, with Buds. I mean, like, you know, Dave is, is still, like, one of my best friends in, yes. on, in the world, if not my best friend, you know? Beautiful, I mean, like, beautiful he's one of the best being. people I've ever met. Oh, Plays guitar like shit, though. Jesus Christ. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so, like, that was a lot of fun, and, and we worked really hard at that band. Um, and then, like, Luca Brasi was was definitely, like, a throwback, the screamy kind of stuff, and, and it was right. fun to be in. Um, and that band had a lot of impact on a lot of other people, which, which right. made me happy. Like, there was, uh, you know, we came back for a reunion one year after a friend of ours uh, had died and stuff, and so that was... That was cool to kind of come back and, you know, knock the dust off of it and, you know, have people go nuts and, and you know, like that, that after all that time for people to still care about a band like that really made me happy. But Kumite was the one that, I mean, like, you know, I, I was never happy with how it broke up and we, we recently got a chance to sort of knock the dust off of it and, and kind of regroup and, and just as people, you know, get back in the same room and, 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 you know, I mean, like, I, it, it, let alone stand in the same room with our instruments after 14 years, but I mean, just right. like stand together as, as five grown men, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and totally. just talk to each other. And you're you know, adults like, now. How's your family? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, like, like, like how, how are you? How are your kids? Like, like how's, how's life? Like that kind of shit. You yeah. know, like that's the part that makes me happy. No, that, well, see, that's the, you know, and I keep telling people that if you're lucky enough to be, no matter where it is in America, I mean, if you're, Lucky enough to be, you know, like, Jawbox, Shudder to Think, Minor Threat, you all are in the same town together. If you're lucky enough to be Kumite, fucking Red Roses for Boo Lady, Hot Water Music, Tired from Now On, if you're, you know, like, all these bands in these areas, if you're lucky enough to get involved and be a part of a community that is based off of, I mean, what I would have to say, and I've said this to everyone I've interviewed, like, we're all a bunch of weirdos, you know, like, we're all, we all have this thing that doesn't make us quite feel comfortable enough where we grow up that we have to move to Gainesville. There's this magnetism that pulls these weirdos together and puts us in a situation where, like, shit, we can support each other, we can build a community, we can keep the community going for as long as we want to, it never has to stop. And weirdos also in that sense, especially people from Gainesville and people from New York and stuff that we've probably met through going on tour, you can always start off right where you left off, no matter how long you spend that time apart, You, it's still a strong enough family that you're able to jump into it and just be like, look at the best things in life that are happening for each other right now at that time. God, that's fucking poetry, man. I mean, like, you're you're not wrong about any of that. I mean, like, the, the 
you know, the the thing about Gainesville that always made me so happy was that it was full of people that gave a shit. You know, um, and that it was and it was evident because places like the hardback uh, and the covered dish and all these places that we would frequent were all around, you know, right. and then when they started dropping off um, and the dish closes, and the hardback closes and all these places, then the fictitious warehouse pops up, you know, and we start having a little bit more DIY style shows and a lot then, of house shows. you know, somebody starts doing shows at the down low and then, you know, it, it's like, and there's a house show every once in a while and common grounds opens up and then it moves and it goes to another place. Like, Holy fuck. Like, so that there's like there's it, it was and people kept playing in bands no matter what yeah, you know and people up. kept doing they kept doing bands they kept doing art they kept doing all these things that that made them happy you know and that gave to the community and the community reciprocated by going to the shows and hanging out so like it was it was definitely like I remember there was a lot of periods of time in town where it was like oh shit like what's going on what's going to happen and right. before you know it. There's like, like there's something you know happening. It's like, well, all right, well, there's this period of time. There's like this two week gap between the hardback closing and and you know fictitious opening up. So oops, there now there's a lot of shows at the barn, you yeah. know. And it's like, so okay, so we go there for a little while, and, you know. And and but it, it's like nobody ever stopped caring, and right. you know. And if somebody did stop caring and they were out and they just kind of went out, I mean, like as shitty as it sounds, it's like, well, there's somebody else right there to pick it up, take their place. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, and so people move away and things grow and change. And I mean, like when I go back now, the landscape is so different. It's not even the same fucking town that I remember from when I moved there. Everything's gone, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the corner where like Burrito Brothers and, uh, you know, Charlie Falafel Coffee. King and the very poorly named Chinese Take Yowdy, like all that <laughs> stuff, like, like Why? What do you all mean? that shit, like, <laughs> man, like that's, but it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but like all that shit's gone. You know, and like where Common Grounds was is now like a bike shop and, and, you know, the University Music Plaza, like I said, now is like a fucking, you know, like a hookah bar and and like luxury condos. And so the town is on the surface doesn't look the same. But when I look around and I see I'm like, oh, there's some, you know, some kid with an ass out patch on his pants. It's like right on. Well, it's we're we're we're, we're good. We're good. It's the Howler Scott Corner. Or the Jake and <laughs> and Palomino, and you know, like you got the Boca Fiesta yeah. area, or then you got Scott and House, like four blocks of you know mayhem that they got going on now. So <laughs> Jesus no H doubt, Christ, no and they hated Gore Rebel. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being a dick. I'm just making funny jokes. I'm just saying it's funny what people would once complain about and then become what they used to complain about. And I don't mean that in a bad oh, way, dude. but I'm just, you know. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> that, I, yes, as a 40-year-old now with a 3-year-old daughter, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah 100%. I yeah, get it, man. It's yeah. like you never in a million years would have ever caught me hanging out uh, in like the, the swamp of Depot, you know what I mean? And yeah. there's a fucking park there that I take my kids to to let her run around the splash park when we come visit, you know right. what I mean? So it's like, it's definitely the, t- the breaks, man. The town has become the the thing is is that it, even though the town has become a, uh, a it left you know it how can I say this in a way without it coming across wrong uh, it kind of lost its innocence once the fest was in, invented, but it also gained a lot musically once the fest was 
came about in the same time, but it also helped with a lot of like of the changing of the town as well. I think. I hear you. I hear you. it introduced like a whole like if we talk about that for a second. Like that introduced a whole bunch of people that maybe never would have come to town. They just kind of knew it as a place. It was right. like. You know, uh, oh, that that's a town with a great punk scene, just like, you know, Richmond or, or you know, San Diego right. or, or, you know, like any of the other Austin, any of the other places that have good punk scenes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just another one of those towns, and it's going to have their locals, and just like we do, and yada, yada, yada. But it's like when they start doing, you know, punk rock fall camp, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you can just kind of come and, and, you know, all the jocks are gone because the Gator game is up in Jacksonville, and you can act the fool for the weekend. It's like, okay, right on. And so then, like, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, this is actually kind of a cool town, so people start moving there. Yeah. You know, and, like, <laughs> that was the part that was kind of like, oh, shit, now there's, like, this influx of things, you know? And, yeah. And, like, and now it now it's, like, not only that, but now it's, like, 100% on the map. Like, yeah, you got Dillinger 4 writing a song called Gainesville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, okay, well, there it is now. Like, that's is that all it took? I should have just wrote a song called Gainesville. That's a... <laughs> yeah. No, completely. See, that's, 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 we're all so stupid. God, why didn't we do that first? Where I know, we seriously, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ridiculous. So, so um, you're still playing music now, right? Yeah, yeah. I moved to Sioux Falls uh, and South Dakota, and I never... I, I moved here with my Marshall half-stack and, and one guitar, uh, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here musically. I don't know if I'm ever going to play in a band again, you know? Right. Um, and six months in, I met some really cool people and like-minded individuals, and we started doing a band, and that band was called Damn Your Eyes, and it stuck around for a fucking decade, which oh, wow. was crazy. So are you serious? Wow. So, yeah, so we were, we literally, we broke up in March um, of, uh, of 2019, and uh, yeah, that was we've been a band for uh, for ten years. Wow, that's crazy. Time flies. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, right. And it was it was mind blowing, but it was it was definitely like holy shit. So yeah, a decade. But in that span of time, I was in a bunch of other bands here in town too. You know, that's and awesome, so man. it's like, and I got a new one. I got a new one cooking, and we're playing our first show next month in February. So I'm really excited. Awesome. I'm actually about to start another band myself for the first time since 2007. So. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Me and uh, right. me That's and, awesome. Yeah, me and Cameron Brown, who used to work at the old bowling out or the old pool hall happy hour. And then Oh was my god, part yeah, owner. I shoe pool there. Yeah, and, and and he was one of the partners at Palomino. Uh Okay. We had uh lunch today. I mean we've been talking about it for a while, so it's like you know, we're gonna start it up. We I think we got a couple drummers in line, so yeah, I'm really excited. You know, and uh, ready to start doing it now that I'm in a different, uh, I'm in a new, I'm in a new uh, area in my life, and uh, and and uh, now I have more time to be, you know, an artist and uh, put more effort into it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, I, I went and bought a, got a nice cabinet. I still got my beautiful uh, against me. Precision, precision jazz American bass, where it has the two P bass pickups and the American or the and the jazz pickup. It was Andrews from Against Me back in the day. Oh, so, awesome! Yes. Awesome! That's a great bass. It's a fucking amazing bass, and uh, I almost I put a picture of it. I remembered uh, Andrew was put a picture up of, of one of his basses or whatever, and I sent him a picture mm-hmm. of his old bass, and he was like, 
who, wait a minute, did I give that to you? Like, it was one of those moments. I was like, no, dude, I just got it through the grapevine, you know, like, you didn't give it to me. He's like, man, that was a good bass. And I was like, yes, it is. So, uh. <laughs> Still is. It's mine now, fool. That's right. So, it's like, it's amazing. So, yeah, it's it's great to be in, uh, to be in a time where, to be an artist and, and be open. And it's amazing to hear the amount of work that you've been doing musically besides all the other things you did. You know, I mean, like most people don't know you were, you, you know, you had a job that you worked at a long time here in Gainesville, you know, and you know, you have a job now, you know, that you've been doing for a while. So, I mean, like you were someone who played music and then you still went to work the fucking next morning and did your day. And, and, uh, you were still able to, find the artistic heart and ability to constantly go out there and uh, create something that that would uh, probably have way more of an, more of a, an effect on people than you would probably think that it did but it did you know like and that's why I, I had you on the show and that's why I have most of the people on the show is because you guys are even though you're a little younger than me me watching your work ethic and what you did over the time that you were here made me so jealous as a lazy artist because I saw that you were you put yourself in there in such a way and you put yourself out there even if you were uncomfortable you were brave enough to put yourself out there and 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 you know and play what you felt was in your heart and played in bands that you know touched you and 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 I appreciate that about you as a musician and an artist and as a friend. I mean, you've always been super kind to me. You were always, you know, like you're one of the nicest people I had ever met. You know, like you always were very nice to me and I always appreciated that. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad you took the time tonight to come on the show and do this with me. Jesus pops! I God damn! Am I going to be the first person to shed a tear on your on your show here? If you are, <laughs> I don't mind. It might help. <laughs> wow, dude! Wow, that's 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 huge, man. That's that's super huge. That's um, you know, I I always took a uh, I always took a like a, a great deal of pride uh, in what I was doing um, musically and professionally. Um, you know, you brought, I mean, I, I brought it up, but you brought it up again. I mean, like working at Sims was, was probably like one of the greatest treats in my life. Mm-hmm. That was the music store. That was the cool music store in town. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, and so like getting to work there and like, I, I really like found out that I had a passion for helping people to get what they needed to go out and play in bands and yeah. play music and stuff like that. So it's like, and I still do that today. I mean, so since like, I'm still playing music, I'm still playing in bands. I'm not touring as much these days, but I got a whole group of kids that are coming up behind me. You know what I mean? And so it's like, if I can get them out there and be like, you know, fuck yeah, you need a wireless man, get out there and do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or, you know, you need whatever it is. You need a Marshall half stack, go, you know, like that kind of stuff. That's the thing that makes me happy. But like when it comes to, doing the music part of it and like actually playing um i never once compromised never you know um and and that was the thing that i think held is still holds true because still to this day like i won't change anything you know as far as what i'm doing musically for anybody right you know i'll I'll listen to the people that i'm playing with and i'll make adjustments and stuff like that but it's like there there's always been um a vision there's always been a clear-cut definition of what it is that that 
I as a musician want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And if I'm able to find like-minded individuals that want to do those things with me, then fantastic. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to music, I, I don't really say this a whole lot, but it, it's, it's true. I'm very selfish. It's one of the only things in, in the world that I'm selfish with. And I'm selfish with it in the way that it's like, I do what I want to do because I want to do it. Right. Um, and, if, and, and the thing is that on the flip side of that is that if people want to come along because of that, then they're more than welcome to. You know, and so like if people want to come out and they want to support and, you know, like listen to us play and buy records and stuff like that, that's great. Um, you know, but it's like I do it because I enjoy it and I do it because I love it, but also because I have to do it. Right. No, if that I got makes you, sense. Man. You know what I mean? And, and, and you'll, you'll probably understand that, but it's like yeah. I do these things because 100%. they have to be done in my mind, yeah. you know, um, and something in me feels empty if I don't do it like if practice gets canceled this week I'm gonna be an asshole next week well that's because why, I didn't get to do it that's why I started the podcast because I wasn't playing music and I needed this artistic vent and this artistic need yeah. to to if I was if I wasn't gonna get the information from you through those beautiful ones and zeros from the instruments I was gonna get it mm. from the musician's mind and that's why I started the show, you know, one as a kind of like a historical thing, because i am been lucky enough to interview bands that I never, ever in a million years would have thought they would have said to my dumb redneck ass, say, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, like straight up, like, no, oh, I, I never thought Jawbox would have said yes, or Christopher Gordon down from Fishbone. Like, I would have never in a million years expected that even the promise ring you know even fucking george from hot water music even though he's my best friend i'm such a fan that i wouldn't even i don't think i'm worthy in that sense you know what i mean because i love these bands and all these bands and all my friends that i talked to had done so much for me as a human being music saved my life and this is that's why i do this shit you know like you all have made such an immersive and important impact on me that you saved me from being something that I didn't want to be. If Fuck that, yeah, dude. If that makes sense. Fuck yeah. No, I, I, no it, it makes it makes 100%. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. And, like, that's, you know, when I, when I reminisce about my time in Gainesville, our time in Gainesville, especially during the period of the time that we're talking about, there's, there's a lot of, there was so much fun and there was so much laughing and there was so much uplifting stuff and so much good shit, you know? Um, but there was a lot of not good shit. Yeah. Kind of festering under the surface. And, oh, and all of us had that, you know, like, like we'd go out, especially like the, the crew of people that I roll with. Cause I mean, if you get in a room with Sten and Kevin and get those two talking together, I mean, Jesus Christ, like you're just like, <laughs> it, it's nonstop between the two of them. I mean, still like to this day, it right. doesn't, I mean, like when we got back together recently, they just, they, they, I couldn't stop laughing. And so like, that's great. But I mean, like when, when, when it was all over and it was all said and done and we were done with the night and everything, it's like, you know, you still can't help but know that there's like something festering under the surface. And so yeah. it's like the fact that, and I think, and, and so ha ha, we all laugh and we have a good time, but then we're all really struggling and hurting, you know what I mean? Like in, yeah. in a different way and everybody's struggle is different. Um, but yeah. the, the thing that I think saved every single one of us and I truly believe this is the music that we were making. Yeah. Um, very and, much so. and, and I think that the fact that we were able to create 
the music that we did and have the camaraderie that we did was the thing that probably saved a couple of lives, yeah. you know, for some Very of the true. folks that we know. Yeah. Um, and obviously we know that some of them didn't make it, but there was, there was definitely like, you know, there, there was a lot of, I mean, even for me, like, you know, there was definitely a lot of times where I was like, this is, this is too fucking hard, man. Like, I can't, I can't do this, you yeah. know, but it's like, but band practice is tomorrow and that's something to look forward to, right. you know? So that was, uh, yeah, the, the music that we, that we all made. And I mean, like, even uh, like 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 the songs that our friends were writing it had such an impact on me. I mean, you talk about being a fanboy for Hot Water Music and stuff like that. Like, dude, those guys were. I I was able to tell Chuck in Minneapolis a couple of years ago, but it was like, man, some of the songs that those guys write the wrote had such a huge impact on me, you know, in my life and like helped me out when things were real dark and real bleak, you know. Yes. Um, so, like, I hold such a special place and such reverence uh, in my heart for all that stuff because it's, like, it's important. And, and I feel, I truly do feel, you know, that, like, if it wasn't for some of that stuff, then, then I probably wouldn't be around today, no. you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, that's a good that's a good place to end on. So, yeah, um, Tony, thank you so much for taking the time on a Sunday to... Uh, let me call you and bother you and, and pick your brain about art and music. And, uh, again, I just want to say, I appreciate you very much. Uh, like I said, you are always a very kind human being and, and, uh, you always, you know, I was always, like I said, jealous of your work ethic. Like, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be in bands that I was in and I really liked those bands, but I definitely, you know, looking back, probably would have liked to play in a couple more bands, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> you know, would well, have been fun, time. but there's still time. No, like I said, I'm doing it. And again, you know, it, um, do you have any, um, music info you want to put out any web pages or anything you want to tell the people about, like anything you got out there, like that they could go check out or. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the band that I was in previously, damn your eyes, um, was, uh, DIY punk rock through and through we uh we did everything ourselves so okay. like we had a merch press in the like like a, a, a t-shirt press in the in the basement of our headquarters house that we did i mean we recorded all of our songs in basements and you know diy studios and stuff like that so that was something that i was really proud of that like we did it all by ourselves right. you know um and so the uh you know a couple couple people helped us out with uh, putting records out and stuff like that but when it came down to it it was it was us through and through all the way so um our bandcamp page has the entire discography for free okay. uh, up there right now so um damn your eyes 605.bandcamp.com okay. um and there's about i will god i want to say like almost 30 songs up there awesome. you know um but yeah that's the whole thing that's the whole discography cool. um and uh let's see there's um i'm doing acoustic solo stuff these days so okay. i'm on facebook as tony DePaulo music um, i've only got the facebook page right now because i'm working on uh recording so instagram Bandcamp, all that stuff is coming soon cool. um but uh doing that and then my new band is called dragged out to sea uh and we're gonna get started <laughs> next month playing our first show so look for my that all over fear. the place wherever uh <laughs> finer social media is distributed awesome well, fucking A, man. Tony, so good to hear your voice. So glad you, again, did this. Uh, I just want to say thank you again for all that you shared as an artist with the people in this town. 
um, and appreciate you as a human being for being such a good human being that you were. And uh, and I'm and I'm super stoked and proud of you for the place that you are now today. And uh, on that note, all I could say is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tony DiPaolo, and that's that's his story. And I thank you again, my brother. Uh, you have a great night, and uh, we'll be talking soon. And I will be putting this up for tomorrow evening. So, just so you know. Oh wow! Quick turnaround. I like it. Yeah, man. I wanna. I wanna. I'm trying to be on top of my game now that I'm a free man. I could just do shit and knock it out, and just put more put out more content. So content for days. I love it. Yeah, well, man. Pops, dude, this was. Uh, I'm gonna flip the script on you for just a split second. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, uh, the the company that is kept on this show is is held in very high esteem. So I uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity um, for uh, for being on here. I appreciate your kind words and uh, I appreciate you, man. You were one of the older guys that I looked up to. You know when Thank I was uh, when I was coming up. So the fact that we got to play shows together, I know uh, Standing Tall and Cave in Line played a couple times together, and that was oh, yeah. fun. So. Um, but yeah, we, uh, it was always, always good times. And, uh, you know, again, very, very humbling. Your words are very humbling. So I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. I appreciate you and, uh, try to stay warm tonight, would you? Oh, way ahead of you, brother. I got the space heater on. We're good. Do you have any Tauntauns <laughs> running around the backyard just in case? No, bad sign fighter. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> you have a good night. You take care awesome. now. Be good, buddy. Take care. All right, peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Tony DiPaolo. That was the show for this week, and it was a good show. So you all have a wonderful night. I appreciate you all. Check me out on Instagram at jay underscore P-O-P-S from underscore Gville. Uh, anything else, you can find me on Facebook, SoundCloud, and all the other fun stuff. And check out that stuff with uh, Tony DiPaolo, everything that he talked about, amazing bands. So, uh I'm glad I got a, a Gainesville in and, and we had a chance to catch up and talk and, you know, say the things that we needed to say. It was an amazing, amazing time for me. So you guys have a great night. Take care of each other. Be kind. Peace. Heavy metal.